Life in a Nutshell with Tammy and Leanne. Hi. Well, hello. <laughs> nice sweater, Leanne. Thanks. I should be wearing mine too. I don't know what mine says. I well, know. woman. Oh, yours is well. Mine's well, hello. I, I always feel like people should be saying it like that when they I read it. I'm so weird at the well sometimes when people come in. I get so excited. Like I'm like a puppy. Well, I'm like you, a puppy. Yeah, you are. You definitely are. That is like, you, not me. One girl was like, oh, what a welcome. And I'm like, oh, have you, like, have I never done that? That's just like how I welcome everyone. <laughs> if they don't know you, Tally. We are very I'm opposite that way. I'm like, hi, 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 hi. And then I'm like, I need a nap. <laughs> and I'm more like, hi, sitting in the corner. <laughs> I'll get to you eventually. <laughs> oh, I'm like dear. the old dog in the corner. <laughs> I'm like the dog I got, Ruby, and you're like Buddy. Yeah, totally. Just like Buddy's chill. 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 chill, Buddy. Ruby just runs circles around Buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And jumping, jumping. Hey, touch to me. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, she's at the window right now once it. Yeah. I was saying this podcast should be Leanne, Tammy, and Ruby. Because <laughs> she's always here when we're recording. <laughs> You'll either hear her chewing her food in the background. Oh, barking, barking at like someone at, who's like, at the door. at the door or like scratching on the door at the patio door wanting in. <laughs> So this is how you can tell we're like super high tech, right? Because we've got the dog. And the... I know we're not in like a soundproof studio. Room, a soundproof studio. No. Uh, we'll Welcome get there from Tammy's we'll dining there. room table. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, you know, you gotta be humble. Start, you know, humble beginnings of life in a nutshell. That's Tammy right. and Leanne and Ruby. <laughs> so today we're gonna talk about something that people are gonna be really excited to hear about yeah yes so I don't know if you heard last time but we talked about pride and that I felt like that was that podcast came up in so many scenarios for me with other people well I feel like it comes up every day for me so yes yeah well pride does but also the podcast it's such a good tool for those kind of conversations surrounding some of these harder topics like today's topic of Yeah, today we are going to talk about numbing. Yeah, so I'm sure all you listeners out there are probably going, oh, gee, no, don't shut us off. Please don't. (laughs) So were we talking about numbing or women and alcohol? Well, well, that's one of the ways that people numb. Yeah, I think we're, yeah, totally. So I think we could, again, I think we could talk about this probably on and on and on. But sure, okay, let's focus it. it, we're we're, ta- we're doing a four-part series on numbing. Yeah, this a four-part series. We just decided. <laughs> yeah, and it is going to be alcohol yep. at events with women in the evenings, alcohol as a part of our culture. Okay, I don't know if we want to narrow it down to just events because I think sometimes women use it at home. Let's talk about women and, and alcohol. alcohol. And I'm going to let the dog in and you start it off. Yeah. Okay, so like I said, please don't shut us off just because you think what we're going to say is going to um, potentially make you upset, angry, irritated, all of the above. Uncomfortable. Which it's great if it does because that's the whole point is yeah, that we like to, to talk. Yeah, we like to talk about things that get conversations started and open up dialogue. So yeah, that's the main thing. Really, from our perspective, what we do, our own lives, has some history, some 
yeah. different things in our lives and just like talk like nobody's listening. That's right. That's, that's how I like do. to talk. I don't like to think that someone might actually listen to this after. <laughs> that's that right. bothers that's me. That's what we do. Yeah. yeah. This is how it works for us. Um, so yeah, you want to start or you want me to start? Um, I think the first time for me, this kind of, I realized that this wine o'clock was a problem for me was when I opened up my Porter magazine like a few years ago. And I feel like it was the first time I ever heard anyone open up this conversation about women feeling like to get through the day, they look forward to this time at the end of the day when they get to have wine and how it's become such a cultural norm that we use wine at the end of our day to make everything okay when everything's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we wear the shirts. They got the merch. Mm-hmm. There's lots of merch. Wine. My mom has one too. And I was like, mom, why? <laughs> Mom, you like don't even drink. <laughs> That's so. Are you just doing that to yeah. be funny? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a whole humor around it. Um, there's an okay. So for me, for my experience, like my story, I started for the. I really started drinking at 34. Yeah, that, I know because when I, well, for as long as I've known you, you really have not been like you did not drink. I mean, this one is, glass of anything, oh, I was like and drunk I was like, off half a glass. I couldn't yeah, do yeah, it. yeah. It so like, it was an it's sort of an interesting turn that it was yeah. a little bit later where you were like, yeah, oh, like you this. were you were like, ah, I'm just gonna have a glass of wine by myself, even like every day when I get home from work yeah. or whatever it was. And I was like, huh, that's different. You know, for you. it is for me totally. So the, this is the interesting thing, and this works in with mental health. So this makes sense here. Um, I started on Effexor at age 34. Mm-hmm. I have talked to some friends of mine who are pharmacists and their whole thing is like Effexor with alcohol is like crack. It's oh. like the best feeling ever. Oh. So I was always too anxious to drink before. That's right. I remember I you, we drink. talked about this before. I didn't like the way it made me feel. I always had to like go to the bathroom as soon as I had to drink because I would relax. We're getting real people. <laughs> Getting real. It would relax me. And then, and I, I would feel like throwing up, like, like after having a little bit, I think I was so terrified of alcohol and like what it would do to me. I had seen a lot of bad things growing up. Yeah. I hadn't drank through my teenage years. But Which I is so unusual, I have to say. Yeah. I was the only one. And I would sit there and be like, I don't bind to peer pressure. Like I'm very bullheaded. Um, so this decision when I was around... 34, I started an Effexor and I had a drink and I was like, I really like this. This is awesome. Is this what it's like for other people? <laughs> so I still can't, I still don't have a high tolerance. Like yeah. I would say three drinks would be like, I'm like, and then I always joke like that I'm drunk, but my husband's like, um, you've never been drunk in your life. Just so you know. And I'm like, oh, he's like, the fact that you say that <laughs> means you're not <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever to me. So, uh, probably I've never, probably it's not drunk at all. But anyways, what do you want to say? Well, it just reminds me our second episode <laughs> in this whole series, I think it was our second, was when we were at the cabin and we did talk about 
alcohol, right? We did. Oh, is this a thing? Well, be- no. well, no, it was because I hadn't drank for years and, or, oh, yeah. yeah, it had because been, a, well, it yeah, had a long time. Yeah. So, and I, we ha- were at the cabin and I had had a few drinks and I was, ha- and I had a hangover that morning. Yeah. In the morning, so that funny. what's called the morning after. Yeah. The morning, that, like M-O-U-R. And yeah. the other thing about that is that's the day we took our photo, which is on iTunes. Yeah. That's, that's that morning. morning. Within that's t- right. Like I would say five to 10 minutes. Of that's you, right. All of a sudden it just twigged with me and I'm like, like, that this is just interesting so, because I'm trying to remember what we said on the podcast about alcohol. It is interesting because I feel like like I never drank at all until I was like in my mid thirties. Your experience is a little different, I know. Oh but, yeah. But now like you pretty much abstain like completely, like pretty pretty much. I drank very rarely very, very so, rarely. But I drank more than enough when I so, was growing up and yeah. through most of I was more on the self-medicating sure spectrum because prior to knowing well that I was diagnosed with a mental illness and even after I did a lot, I feel like it was definitely a lot of self-medicating I mean totally. but you know what the interesting part is it, I my drinking habits were not unusual compared to anyone else's around me so you think yours like, were unusual I would probably well, guess compared except, to no because at 34, all of my friends had young kids and they were all drinking wine every night. But that's what I'm saying. Your drinking habits as a young person would oh, have been considered sure. unusual yeah. versus so find... mine because I feel like most... No, mine were unusual. Yours were yes. more normal, especially in small towns in Saskatchewan. Exactly. Forget and it. then when I went they, to university we drink. We and drink. yeah, so if anyone ever hears, yeah, if you hear my story, like it, my my drinking definitely would, I would say it would have been more on the excessive side at points in my life. But mm-hmm. then I always knew when to sort of like, okay, rein it in, mm-hmm. bring it back. Um, but then I would just, and then it's social. It was, and then I would consider myself just a social drinker. And now I just occasionally, very rarely drink yeah. even. And I can only, you know, handle maybe two, maybe three drinks max. But that has a lot to do with also medication that I take and that it, with mental illness, really alcohol is not a good idea no, generally it's not, it's it's not, not a good, good mix but the the whole idea I guess that we're talking about more is I it for me it always comes back to and this is why we're talking it's kind of a we're talking about numbing is it always comes back to what's your motivation what's your motive um behind it what's the motive for I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. we're not saying no, oh we're there's not we're not like prohibitionists and saying that alcohol is evil, but it's always about motive and it's always about this it's it's interesting how society how society like this like you were saying this idea of like like all of a sudden now when I was a mom at your age that wasn't a thing. Like there was no it wasn't women didn't no. we didn't have this like merchandise we didn't have this because we're about almost 10 years apart right or close to yeah yeah eight yeah so and I had my kids really young so there was not that was not a part of our lives like we deserve it because this is so hard and we're we've had to sacrifice so much for our family like is is it because we come there's the generation of the we deserve it all like that's my generation is like we can have it all we can work we can raise our families and then you know what? Let's just get let's just like drink wine at night, 
to get through all these hard things we're doing, all these things we're trying to achieve. And then we can do it because we quit thinking about all the things that are stressing mm-hmm. us out because it wipes that away. And then you're just fine. And then we start all over the next day. It's not. It's, so this is interesting is that since opening the well, I do not like I can't drink at all. Like I can't drink during the week at all. Because like it has it's... to be celebratory when I have nothing the next day. Because the well is so intensive that even a glass of wine the night before my day, I can't. it will throw me off. I will not sleep as well. Like it affects your sleep. It affects your, you get brain fog. I have to be so sharp and clear and I can't, sac- I can't let anything. There's no relax. Like, so it's funny because you think in a really, I remember asking one business owner, how did you get through the first year in business? You know what she said to me? A lot of wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I get that. Yeah, I like, like, I mean, I, I understand like, when I can't people... run this. I can't because I won't be able to... I won't be okay enough to, like, do this job if I do that. Right, that, and that's so what I'm it's saying. It's It is. It's like, I, that's why I said it's not... We're not We're not criticizing. We're just... Uh, for me, it's more a question of, again, what are the motives? And a lot of the times, the motives, like you said, you're exhausted, you're... You just think I just want to relax and it's so socially it's just so socially acceptable it's fully socially acceptable and it's also an escape absolutely it's like I just want to not have to think about anything which makes you think why are we making the choices in our lives that make us feel like we have to drink in order to get through exactly so maybe the choice maybe if we we, I'm just using we generally, but maybe if like a person stops drinking, they might actually realize what's wrong and then maybe they'll be able to make those changes. Is it that people feel trapped in their situation and it's the only way that they can keep functioning is to forget every night what situation they've got themselves into? I think it has to do a lot with that. I think it's a lot of, um, you know, push. It's the numb. It's push it away because I don't want to deal with the feeling of overwhelm, I think a lot of the time. So when you feel, I remember for me, a lot of times if I was, you know, I'd work and I'd be working whatever, 12, 14 hour days. And, and, um, I would be like, I can't wait till the weekend. And then on the weekend, you know, Saturday night, I'm going to be, I, this is what the plan is, whatever we'd plan, like whoever. And I'd be like, it, it was like, if I can just get to this point, if I can just get to this. So do you it, think it also comes with people who like the highs and lows? I like the highs and lows. I like the highs. I don't particularly <laughs> like the lows. Well, an alcohol is a depressant. <laughs> it's a depressant. Right? right? And see, so, that's the other piece. That's yeah. for me, that was, and it took me a really long time to learn that, that for me, I, I would Sure, the high uh, drinking, sure, fun, ooh, la la. But then I'd feel like sh- sh- I'd feel like shit for three days late I after. You tried to not swear I was like, well, is that okay on our? And then I bet you were like, my favorite murder says that for it, so it's fine. No, no, actually, oh. that I I just was like, are we gonna? Is it okay? Have we? We never really talked about what we're gonna say <laughs> on our podcast. So I was like, and then Tam, I was like, Tammy said, don't censure, censure yourself. Censure. Censor. Censure, censor yourself. That's really hard to say, actually. It's like a tongue twister. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it was like an aside. Um, oh, yeah. You feel like. I would feel like, and I remember it would be, especially, and for me, the worst, honest to goodness, was 
of course, when I was depressed, what did I do? Oh, yeah. And what do most people do when yeah. they're feeling depressed? Drink. Or drugs. Right? Pot. Yeah. Like, pot, pot's legal now. Yeah. Can- for those of you who aren't from Canada, like, pot's legal in Canada. <laughs> Which <laughs> is all- not my... Uh, that has never been my MO, so I can't speak to that. But I mean, we take things that we think are going to make us feel like happier up right and they're not they they're down they're downers and so this is the this is another thing like it, the initial with alcohol you know that sure maybe the one or two glasses but it's when you like it, and it and i'm not saying i think for celebration in joy in moments of you know in community and you're wanting to there's like a celebratory factor with it i feel like totally glass of champagne you know i mean even in the christian world like where i come from i feel like there is a celebratory um side to alcohol yeah and there is a drunkard numbing yeah we drink wine every week at at mass right like so there is because i'm catholic so yeah i mean wine, but there is multiple places where you know it is not to be taken you're not to allow yourself the gluttony to to go to the places Mm -hmm. where you are overindulging i think the time to have so for me i think what i've kind of chosen for myself because having a glass of wine or which makes me just want two, which makes me just want three is not, there's, there's nothing sustainable for that for me every day. I used to have like a bottle on the counter and I'd have a glass or two. Yeah. I don't have bottles on the counter. It's not good for me. I have recognized that that's not a good choice for me. Um, but when I had a point that I was going to make there, like, when is it okay for me? And when is it not? I have decided that in celebration, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Um, if I'm, if something's bothering me or I'm upset, it's not okay. It is completely not allowed. If I'm feeling like life is hard, today was hard, work was hard, I'm not allowed it. If it's a celebratory factor on the weekend, which I know we're talking about the weekend, like big get drunk Saturday night thing, but I, I don't mean that. I mean like that's, I feel like, like there's a- as if that's going to happen. <laughs> We're so funny. Well, we're older. I mean, I feel like if we were in our 20s, this would be a completely different conversation. But um, yeah, so, okay. The reason this came up, though, I want to talk about the reason this came up because that event. Okay, you want to talk about that now? Is that not a good idea to talk about that now? Should we talk about that next time? No, we can talk about it now. Are you sure, though? Yeah, no, I think we can. I just, um, no, I think that should be next time. Okay, yeah, I feel like it's not a proper segue. Okay, thank you. Yeah. What do you guys think? Just, you, <laughs> you don't know what to say. You don't know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. It's you know it is a it's I think it's always the why why like I said why are you, what is what is your motive? Why is alcohol so normal? And why is it so? But really, like, why is it so okay? I grew up in a family that you there was never alcohol anywhere. You, See, I and I grew up in a family. Here's my the difference. I grew up in a family where alcohol was present but it was used it, it was my parents are five o'clock they would have like one Happy drink hour, like one drink one drink hey, I have a lot of so I have like there's a lot of parents I know that do the one drink at 
five o'clock before dinner, day, like, before dinner. but not like but year thing. round because that's my it. dad's a farmer. So obviously not, but like, you know, at certain, it was like on the weekend, they would so have a, one drink. That? What do you think about the daily one drink five o'clock? Well, I, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it teaches your children moderation. It teaches that, you know, it's, it's can be a normal part of life without like European, like exactly European more field, like that. Like, but I like, it wasn't, I, it was very much, it wasn't treated like something where it was, I, I know families where it was one and then one after another, after another, after another. Yeah. So that was not my family. So when, what I saw was that it was. You could have it in a healthy capacity. Totally. It could be a healthy way to consume Yes. Alcohol. And it so, was like, and it, and it could be paired with a meal and it could be, and it was part of, so you yeah, like, there's thing, exactly, a, yeah. it wasn't, I didn't, I never thought my parents were using alcohol to, because they'd had a hard day. It did that hadn't, it wasn't part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. It was like, Oh, I'm coming home because I had a rough day at work. Because it was it just like, on specific days. no, it was, it was like, day. it, was it was just, just well, it wasn't, like I said, it, my not when my dad was no, out no. farming yeah. and see, but it was like, it was kind of like a little tradition. It was like Saturday or Sunday. They would like, my mom would have her gin and tonic and my dad would oh, have his like, like so Ryan Coke. And because there is a celebratory factor to it. There yeah. Is it was something, like, you know what it is? There's something special. It's like a special thing. I think that people who like alcoholics or people who don't drink, they probably like, I would wonder if they still have like a special drink sometimes. Like I think I, I know I, I didn't drink for certain periods of my life because of due to medication or illness. And so I would have certain, like I would, always go and if I was in a restaurant I would like have a virgin Caesar or yeah like it makes you feel special you like like just to have a special yeah like I think that's important too even if you don't consume alcohol so with the whole especially I find with women and wine what's your what do you think just can you talk a bit more about that like what do you think about what do you really think about that I just feel like sometimes it's I I would hate to feel that women are feeling undue pressure because I have been in a position where I have been unable to drink because of health reasons or, um, or not drink a lot due to my medication. And sometimes you just feel like maybe you're not part of like like, there's pressure. Yeah. I feel like some young or it be, you turn to it because it seems like everyone else is. And I feel like that maybe if you don't, then you, you know, like it's hard when you're, everyone around you is part of, is doing something. Sure. Especially like I, I, we're a bit older. So I, especially young and especially moms when you're like, if that's like everybody's getting together at someone's house and it's all like, bring your little ones and you know everybody's like that would be where that with kids I didn't grow up seeing again that was never part of what my parents did so you know it was in a different what do you think that I'm just saying these out loud like more not that you have to tell me but I don't like do we think that how do we think that that affects our children like in these I don't know I do know modeling behavior is huge like what you say to your kids but what your is one thing what but your doing. what your actions are completely that is what your kids are going to really pick up on and then I think well how do I want my kids to see and view alcohol do I I would love for them to have I've always wanted them to have this European 
understanding mm-hmm. of it. So when I lived in Spain, yeah, we lived there and people didn't get where we lived in a small town in Spain. So I feel like it was very much traditional Spanish culture. It was not a big city with, it was a small town, Sobreros. It was great. And people didn't get drunk. They drank it. They drank. Yeah. And they stayed up all night, but they didn't get drunk. There was no fighting. Right. Um, whereas I saw some people there who were Canadians who were like getting hammered. Yep. And, but the Europeans just, the, there were 12 year old kids who have wine with dinner. So it's very normal, I think from age like 12 and when we were in Italy to have wine with dinner with the family, that was a normal part. So, but we're not Europe. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> like, let's just be real. We're not near Europe. Canadians, people who like uh, what I grew up with seeing with people who drink in Canada and small towns is like hammered. Yeah. It's like, it's in excess and it's. I don't know. Like it's hard with young people. I mean, I have, you know, but it is normal. It is expected. Yeah. It's like, I had to fight so hard to not drink all those years. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's definitely the cultural norm here. I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong. I I know there is like a large group of like in the religious world that do not, do not partake at all. Right. I know there is a very, like a group of people who it's very normal to, to completely abstain. I mean, I would say a majority of people in my church would be like that, would be, would completely abstain, have never tasted alcohol, live a totally fulfilling, awesome life. Like it's completely unnecessary. I recognize that. I just, it's a really interesting topic and everyone feels so differently about it. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, it's, I th- I'm just sitting here like replaying <laughs> parts of my life and I can, yeah. And I in all honesty, like I said, I have been that person who has, has used it to numb and self-medicate and not really, you know, or to use it as a reward system to get through that hard week. Yeah, I and... would say that I've only used it in that regard, like in the past, like really I'm 40, so 34. So really like five years has been not as much anymore. Cause I was like, you know what? You can't, that's not okay. Like when I recognized that that wasn't okay. And I also have to say that there were certain relationships, relationships in my life that, um, very much desired that enabled that. And that was the relationship and not having those relationships in my life just stops that from happening. Yeah. That, and that is true too, because if that is a center of Mm -hmm. the, if that is a center of the relationship where this is what you do when you get together and then you remove that, it changes the relationship because you don't have that in common relationship. Yeah. It's interesting because you remove that. And if that's what has sort of tied you together, Mm -hmm. then that can be that, that is an interesting point because that can change the dynamics of the relationship if you're no longer, um, you know, taking part in that. I don't, like I said, I, I, I don't judge. I really, if that's, you know, I, I don't, it's I'm with people sometimes. a oh, lot yeah. who drink and I'm not. And either way, I mean, I, it, I find I, but you're comfortable with who you are. Yeah. That's so it's not really. It. Not everyone is, obviously, not everyone is comfortable with who they are. Yeah. But because it is. It changes who we are. Yeah. I find it interesting though, because not drinking now, it's interesting sitting back or not drinking very often is sitting back and watching 
you get like watching people, it's kind of like, and why did I ever think that was a good idea to, because you're like, no, no, not at all. I don't. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I would say if you are someone who does tend to go to the bottle when you're feeling, you know, you are using it to numb out because you're stressed, overwhelmed, maybe stop and pause and think, Hey, you know, I could, I think of other ways and just maybe try and sit back and watch and see if you feel different. If you don't, that's, and then, and and it's not, then, yeah. And it's like I said, it's not a judgment. It's just, um, it's just a different perspective and you kind of, I think people even fear, they fear what they might feel before they feel it. Of course. So they're not even feeling it. They're just afraid of what they might feel. So if they have the alcohol, then they can avoid, they can just squash that fear. Okay. I think we should end it there. Yeah. Okay. Tune in next time. Talk soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye.